We boy moms know that life with boys can feel chaotic and out of control. That's why the name of this podcast is Redeeming the Chaos. But how can we overcome the chaos in our hearts despite the chaos in the world around us? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. I am a mom of four boys, an author, a Bible teacher, and a certified biblical parenting coach. This is the podcast for moms who feel a bit frazzled and overwhelmed by the responsibility of raising boys. If you want your boys to grow up to be strong, courageous young men who are fully committed to following Jesus, this is the show for you. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. We have a special guest on the show today who knows a lot about chaos. He even wrote a book about it called Chaos Can't. Alan Arnold is an author, speaker, and executive producer of content for Wild at Heart, the ministry founded by New York Times bestselling author John Eldridge. His passion is awakening people's hearts to actively pursue their dreams and creativity with God. He's the author of three acclaimed books, The Story of With, Chaos Can't, and Waves of Creativity. Alan Arnold, welcome to Redeeming the Chaos. Thanks, Laurie. It's really good to be with you today, and, and I'm excited about the topic. Anything that has to do with chaos and boys, I'm all in. Awesome. I love it. Well, we are so excited to have you on the show today, and we just appreciate you coming. So let's just start out with a definition. What is chaos? I just got done reading your book, Chaos Can't, and I would love for you to tell us what is chaos? Yeah. Well, first of all, if you look like at dictionary.com or someplace like that, you'll get some broad but not super helpful definition, like a state of utter confusion or disorder. And that does probably feel like a mom's home with young boys any given day. I get it. But I want to go deeper in what I mean by chaos. And so to me, I've come up with kind of a new definition as we talk about chaos today. And when we do, I'm talking about a destructive fear-based force that prevents us from fully living. And it comes against us in large and small ways. And, and often the strikes are intensely personal and they're meant to leave us empty. So when I talk about chaos, I'm not talking about just a busy day, boys running through the house, you know, with swords, paper swords, screaming or tracking mud through the, the family room. Like those are busy times that are draining perhaps, but I'm talking about more a fear-based force that you feel like comes against you as a parent, as a mom, as a dad, that that really feels personal and causes you to make fear-based choices in how you raise your boys versus love-based ways, which we can get into later. But that's the kind of chaos I'm talking about is it's driven by fear. It's a way the enemy tries to take us out. It's ways that we respond or react that we later regret or wish we hadn't. And those are driven by this chaos outside of us that quickly gets in us. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. I was just picturing, you know, the chaos of a day with boys in the house and the noise and the energy and the excitement and all of that 
But that doesn't have to cause fear and that doesn't have to cause overwhelm in our lives unless we let it in. You know, like we can look at what that is and what's happening in our home and be like, okay, life with boys, this is what life with boys looks like. But it's when we let that chaos creep into our soul and start to cause us to be fearful or cause us to feel like we're a failure. My life is a failure because look at my house and look at these kids and I'm not doing it all right. And I think when we let it creep into our soul, like that's when it starts to turn into the kind of chaos that you're talking about. Right. And the chaos that, you know, the busyness, the energy, the noise, like when boys are, are being just boys and that's happening within our home, within our atmosphere that we live in, they don't feel chaotic. They're having fun. Like yeah. <laughs> they, there's no chaos in terms of them feeling fearful or overwhelmed. And so we have to go, if we start to feel that way, then it's coming from somewhere other than the boys. It's it's coming from outside of us and trying to get into us. And when it does, then it creates feelings like, I can't handle this, or this is too much, or I want to calm home. And now I'm becoming uncalm or chaotic because of what I'm seeing. And so it starts to change us into a person, a parent that isn't appealing to the boys. It isn't really appealing to ourselves. We don't really like what we're becoming. And that's the kind of chaos I want to get into in our conversation today, because we can live without that chaos. The reason I titled my book Chaos Can't is really chaos can't ultimately win unless we let it in. But the goal of chaos is to get within us. And when it does, it's a destructive force in terms of our parenting, our relationships, our own heart, our own peace. And so it's really important if you can live chaos free as much as possible to do so because that will be a gift for your own heart and also for the the boys around you that you're raising. So where does chaos come from? I know in your book, you talk about it a little bit. You say it's an outside force and it just kind of sounds a little bit mystical, but where does it originate? Well, so a lot of times, Laura, that's a great question. It's a big question. I think most Christians would say, well, when Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden chose the wrong tree, you know, they let sin in and sin brought chaos to the world. And we kind of live in a fallen world and it's a chaotic place. But that's not where I believe chaos began. I believe it began earlier. And the book goes into a lot more detail. But but in short, I believe chaos is the main tool that the enemy uses to still kill and destroy our lives, our joy, our peace, our parenting, our time with our kids. You know, there's multiple levels that can be stolen or destroyed or taken away from us. And, and some of it is in the way we parent. And I believe the enemy actually started a journey into chaos back before even creation. And so in scripture, there's several passages in Isaiah and Ezekiel and Revelation that talk about a rebellion of the angels. And a third of the angels at one point chose to rebel against their creator. And they were led by Lucifer. And Lucifer started that rebellion because in his own heart, he started to ask a question, which is, 
well, why can't I be in control of things? Why can't I be God? Why can't I be the one who the story is about? And it's the same lie he gave to Adam and Eve in the garden that caused the human fall. But it first began with an angelic rebellion. And I believe he let chaos overtake him and became at that point an agent of chaos. Chaos is his main weapon. It creates fear, doubt, just by the very nature of the questions of, did God really say this? Or are you really sure that you can handle this? Or is there a better way? And so if we look at the enemy, I'm talking about Lucifer, Satan, if we look at him as the one who really allowed chaos into his heart and then chaos into the larger story that created the fracture in the angelic you know, realm in heaven, a third, one out of three, chose to go with him and believe that lie. And then in the garden, the same lie, did God really say this? The answer to that question always leads to chaos. Doubt in God or a diminishment of God or taking God out of our story and going, I think we can make this work on our own. I think with good enough parenting techniques, I think with good enough human wisdom, we can actually make the story work pretty good. And if we need God, we'll we'll reach out to him. Anytime we go into that story, that's where chaos starts to come in because we were never made to go through our story without God at the epicenter. And the enemy's goal has always been take him out of the epicenter. And the way he does that is through chaos. Yeah. And as soon as we start to take God out of the picture, then that is when chaos ultimately ensues. And I I thought it was interesting, you know, Satan's question or his rebellion against God was, well, why can't I be in charge? And isn't that where chaos in our lives comes from? Why can't I control this situation? Everything feels out of control right. and chaotic. And I want to I want to be in charge and I want to be, be in control. So, Alan, I know that you are the director of content for Wild at Heart Ministries with John Eldridge. And I know you have a passion for raising real men, for helping men to step into the person that God created them to be and to discover who God made them to be and how God has created them to be wild at heart and with that sense of adventure. And we talk about on the podcast quite a bit about what it looks like to be a real man. We talk about how God has created boys with a desire for battle and a desire to have a greater purpose in their lives. And we actually, about a year ago, I think, I did a whole episode or several episodes. We went through the book Wild at Heart and talked about all of the different aspects of from a mom's perspective and what that looks like in raising boys. So anyway, kind of bringing that perspective, we know as moms that God has created our boys with a thirst for wildness and a passion for adventure. And a lot of times in our homes, that looks like chaos. So our boys, like you said, they're running through the house with their wooden swords or their sticks or their whatever they have chosen to create weapons with and they're bringing mud into the house and they want to be creative and they want to do all these cool things. But that ultimately leads to messes and disaster and all of that. So how can we as moms give our boys the space and the freedom to be who God created them to be without becoming overwhelmed by what seems like chaos in our homes at times? Yeah, great question, Lori. I think The way I would look at it is a really simple grid of when you're making decisions as a mom, 
are you making them out of fear or are they love-based, fear-based or love-based? And fear-based doesn't always look like, oh gosh, I'm trembling and I'm fearful, like, you know, kind of a caricature we might think of fear. Fear can play out any number of ways. It can play out in anger, short temper. It can play out in checked out. Social media is filled with so many memes about mom drinking wine, you know, from a sippy cup or starting at 10 a.m. <laughs> or, you know, like playful, but also with this underlying message of you really need to self-medicate to get through this. Hmm. You really need to take the edge off somehow. And a glass of wine sure feels like a good way to do that. But but better than that is to go into the motive of why do I feel overwhelmed and how do I react when I get overwhelmed? And, and all of those reasons tend to be fear-based. Fear-based is things aren't working like they should. Or if, if my kids would just do what I say, everything would be okay. Or I can't do another morning of nonstop noise and distraction and, and I'm worn out and I need a break. You know, all of those are saying at, at the core, I don't think I'm enough and I don't think God is enough to be able to handle what God's given me in this season. And so I'm not minimizing the the difficulties there because I've raised three kids with my wife and we've been through that stage with all three where it feels like, gosh, at the end of the day, all I want to do is just fall into bed. But if we take away the fear of, boy, what if they get hurt? Or what if I miss something? Or what if I am not present? Or what if the house gets too big of a mess? Or any of those things. And go, how would I operate from a love base? Meaning God's given me enough to get through this. And he's given my kids certain desires, boys certain desires. And now how do we step into those from a place of not being overwhelmed and not fearful, but of being a hands-on, fully present parent, mom, dad. And, and when we do that, it really starts to diffuse the chaos because it doesn't give the enemy a foothold in, in our lives to either have us feel like this is too much or I'm not enough, which are two of the big lies that he will always try to give us is either the situation is too much or you're not enough. You could handle it if you were more, but you're not. Or the situation's just, it's it's beyond help. And you just have to just kind of check out for the day and try to hurry up and get to the night. And so what I want to offer is through our ministry, we've really looked at how do we live from a fully awakened heart? And that means living from a heart that is based in love that is based in, I know God loves me and my children and expects the best. And so I'm going to go into the day knowing God will show up, knowing I can love them in the moment, whatever that, sometimes that's discipline, but it's taking away the sense of chaos that wants to get in us that starts to create either we get really controlling and control is always fear-based. Like when we go to heavy control, that is a fear-based response. And so if you want to know how much fear might be going through you, well, the question is, how controlling are you? 
And control, we find out as our kids get older and older, are not a good way to parent. Like we, the whole goal is to help our kids get ready to be independent individuals over time. And the heavier the control, the more the rebellion that comes later. And so that's what I'm, what I'm wanting to touch on here. And I'll give it back to you for any questions. But when we can operate out of a love base, we diminish the chaos. We don't let it in. And we're showing an expectancy that God is present and that he's up to something in our life and in our children's lives. That's so good. The verse just came to mind that perfect love drives out fear. And you're talking about like, are we making decisions out of fear or out of love? And there's not room for both. You know, like if we are full of God's love, then that fear has to leave. And then that chaos has to leave with it. So I think, and I know you touch on this in your book, but staying connected to God and staying close to God is not going to solve all of the problems of like disorder and, and things like that in your, in your physical house, but in your heart, it, it will not allow that, that chaos to creep in because you can't have fear and love in your heart at the same time. And I totally agree. The lie that I'm not enough is so common for moms. You know, we look at our kids and we're like, well, God, I can't handle these kids. This is too much for me. And then we feel like a failure as moms. And then asking ourselves, what am I afraid of in this situation? I'm afraid that life is out of control, or I'm afraid that my kids are going to turn out like criminals because I can't control the situation. Or I think a lot of times too, we fear the opinions of others. I know for me, I often think like, what would happen if somebody stepped into my house at this moment and saw the insanity and the chaos that is happening in my home. And there's this fear, like I'm doing what's best for my kids, but I'm afraid of what everyone else is going to think and whether they're judging me and, and things like that. And we talk on the on the podcast too several times. We've talked before about just the overflow, living a life of overflow. When we are filled with the spirit of God, then that will naturally flow into the lives of our kids. And we will be able to love them with, with God's love. Right. And you know, in the book, I'm pretty transparent of my own failures as a parent when chaos got in. And one of the the stories I tell there is when I was driving all three kids to school and they would always sleep later than they should. And when I would wake them up, they would become irritated at me, you know, because I'm, I'm the one messing up their sleep, even though now they hardly have any time to get ready for school. So it started this early morning chaos started to get in. And then there was this one time where we were in my truck and they started fighting over who gets to play what song on the radio. Then it was, well, I went first yesterday. No, you went first the day before. And so they're getting louder and the music is getting louder and they keep changing the channel and chaos is erupting around me in my truck. And I'm already on low patients from just trying to get them in the truck to get to school. And now we have very little time to get there on time unless we hit every green light, which is impossible. So I'm getting stressed as the parent and as the driver. And I'll talk about in the book how this built and built and built. And the chaos went from around me to within me. And then I just 
erupted and just yelled, shut up. And when I did that, my chaos was louder than the music or the argument. It shut everyone and everything down. And, and we rode the rest of the way to school in silence. No music, no talking, no laughter. Their eyes were down. Their spirits were crushed. And I talk about how, you know, my goal was just to bring calm, but I didn't bring calm. I, I brought a void. And it was me letting the chaos in me erupt out at them. And as parents, you know, that's just never a good thing. And they got out to school without saying goodbye. I drove off that morning feeling like a failure and chaos won that morning. I was trying to get control. I was trying to bring calm back by out chaosing chaos. And that's never the solution. You're never going to out chaos chaos. You're going to just fall into the trap of chaos. Like you said, that chaos often erupts in anger. We let it build up and build up and then we just explode. And our kids are like, what is going on? And that doesn't help solve the problem. Like you said, maybe we feel a little bit better because we just exploded all over the place. But ultimately, it doesn't actually get you to the goal of peace and order in your house. It just makes it worse. And then everyone's upset. And I love that you said you can't, you can't out, out chaos, chaos. You're right. You can't out chaos, chaos. And that was an example where I totally blew it. And as parents, we all have those moments. But, you know, there's other times where, like recently, my teenage daughter came in and she was spun up over something, not at me, but in her world, and felt very chaotic. Like the atmosphere in the room was charged because she was so concerned or frustrated by the situation. And and so she didn't really want to talk. And the chaos in her was kind of coming out toward me. But that was a situation recently where I handled it really well, where mm. I was able not to let the chaos in, but listen. And I changed the atmosphere around her into a place of calm and in tenderness. And that conversation went from turbulent to calm. It ended with a hug. It ended with tenderness. And so when we don't let somebody's external chaos in, we can actually be an agent instead of an agent of chaos. We can be an agent of change for good. We can change the atmosphere for good in our homes, but it starts by not letting the kids roller coaster of emotions, not letting our own thoughts of, gosh, I failed at this, or now I have shame, or now I'm, I'm just trying to out chaos, chaos, any of those things, Lori, when we let those not get in and we keep our heart, you know, the fruits of the spirit, peace, love, joy, tenderness, kindness, like when we operate out of that and let that come out from us, I found as parents, we can be the anchor, no matter how turbulent our home life is through others, we can be an agent of calm and of change for good, but you can't wing it. You have to go into it with some foundation of this is who I want to be and this is how I can get there. So Alan, in your book, you talk about five practices or practical ways that we can not allow chaos into our hearts. Would you mind talking to us about those five practical things that we can do as moms and as dads listening as well? Yeah. And, and let me just say, as we go into these, 
I always want to offer practical help. And so I, I provide five, but if none of these five work for you, or if one of them really works and you don't want to do the other four, that's fine. My goal is to just offer, here are some examples. One, stop allowing the chaos to surprise you because Jesus is really cl- very clear you know, by saying, in this world, we will have trouble. And John 16, 33 says, in this world, you will have trouble. But he says, take heart for I have overcome the world. And so the first step is to just be aware and have a game plan for what you're going to do when the chaos hits, because it will hit every day. In all likelihood, there will be something that throws you off, something you didn't expect, a phone call, the dog you know, throws up on the carpet right when the doorbell rings, right when your child is screaming about something. Like, don't be surprised. In this world, you will have chaos. So stop letting it surprise you because none of us react well when we're caught off guard. So don't let that catch you off guard. Anticipate it. Two, reject the lie by saying, I don't have to give into chaos. Chaos is not going to invade my domain, my heart, my head, and ultimately not my home because I have a choice. And Jesus has already overcome the world. So I don't have to do this in my own strength, but I have a choice in the matter not to let it in. And then three, guard your heart. And I talk about how our heart is a place that the enemy is always trying to kill, steal, and destroy from. And so Proverbs 4.23, you know, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. And unfortunately, at the stage of young kids, a lot of moms and a lot of dads' hearts, frankly, go numb. They just go on autopilot and they just try to survive. But that's not nurturing your heart. And so if your heart goes numb, if you lose hope, if you just check out, well, then you're in trouble in terms of chaos. And then four, fill your heart with what's good because when chaos comes, you want to be a source of life in that moment. And so you should fill your hearts already, have them full, not empty, not be working off zero by taking care of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength with God. And so that when you get tested, then from that, the fruits of the spirit come out, you know, and those are like nine layers of protection, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so the Holy Spirit infuses us with these gifts, not just so it's there to be there randomly, but so we can use those. And so instead of letting chaos into our hearts, we actually refuse chaos coming in And we, from our hearts, change the atmosphere for good by what we speak, the words we say, the tenderness we have, the firmness without anger that we have. And it just gives us an infusion of self-control or patience rather than continuing to try to just in our own strength go, I don't want to get mad. I don't want to get mad. I don't want to. Now I'm mad. You know, like we in our own strength, we're going to fail at that. And the fifth one is. Just, again, letting what's in flow out 
So when your hearts are filled with the fruits of the spirit, chaos actually has a hard time coming in. And then you're able to use those nine different fruits to pour into your children. And by that, I don't mean you're always super happy. I don't mean you're always the cheerleader around the house or saying something fakey or sugary sweet when, when that's not even realistic. But what I mean is you are a force for good. You are the anchor. You are the calm. You are in a place where you're not going to get whipped by the wind of chaos and back and forth and up and down. And all of a sudden you're on their roller coaster or the roller coaster of whatever happens. If it's a good day, you're pretty good. And that's what my wife used to tell me, Lori, was, man, when things are going well, you're really good. When things are going smooth, you're the greatest dad in the world. But when too many things start to come together in a not good way, the perfect storm, then you're not all that good. In fact, you start to bring chaos in. So like if I go out and the battery's dead on the car and then there's a financial situation I wasn't expecting, two, three things like that, and then the kids need something. And I used to not have it in me to rise above it. So I was as good as the day was. And that's not what we want to be. We want to overcome chaos from the beginning by the reserves in our heart. Yeah, I I think the image of the roller coaster, like so many times our kids are on this emotional roller coaster and it's up and down, but we don't have to get on the ride with them. We can say, no, I'm not climbing on that roller coaster with you. And I think it's so tempting for parents to just get sucked into that. And we let the emotions of our kids dictate how we are feeling. And if they're all out of control and if they're upset and if their emotions are high, then we feel like we have to get in on that too. But I love that you talked about just being that anchor and being that solid steadiness in the house so that we don't have to climb on the the roller coaster ride. We can keep ourselves separate from that and actually help to calm down their, their roller coaster. And then also talking about the fruits of the spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that produces that fruit in our lives. It's not just, Oh, like you said, I, Oh, don't get angry. Don't get angry. Or I want to, I want to be happy. I want to be joyful. I want to have peace. (laughs) And we're like clenching our fists and trying so hard, but that's not how we get those fruits of the spirit. It's by the spirit producing that in our hearts. And we need to stay connected to him in order for him to produce that fruit. And it talks about in John about how Jesus is the vine and he will produce the fruit when we're connected to him. When we are abiding in him, he will then produce that fruit of the spirit in our lives. So we are almost out of time here, but I just want to sum up for, for moms listening. When we're talking about redeeming the chaos in our homes, when we're talking about overcoming the chaos in our hearts, it doesn't mean that everything's going to look perfect in your house. It doesn't mean that your kids are going to be perfect little angels or that your dishes will always be done or that the laundry will always be put away because that's just not life and that's just not realistic. And I think giving yourself grace to look at that and say, you know what? The laundry's not done, but that doesn't make me a terrible person. That doesn't make me a terrible mom. I don't have to give in to that lie that I'm not enough. I'm going to choose to be an agent of good, like you said, Alan, and 
be an agent of peace and order. And that doesn't mean that we, you know, don't attempt to keep our houses organized and attempt to get the laundry done. And, you know, we don't want to just be irresponsible, obviously, but trying to keep up with that all the time. Sometimes we just put so much pressure on ourselves and we we start living out of fear and living out of, out of control. Also, a key thing I believe is one, you have to build time for restoration for yourself hmm. because if you're constantly overwhelmed and you're seeking relief, that's where we turn to any number of things. And it could be binging on Netflix or eating a whole pint of ice cream, or it could be not a glass of wine, but a bottle of wine. You know, there's all these things we do for relief, but relief isn't what our heart needs. Our heart needs restoration. And so part of it, I think if you want to go the distance as a good parent, you have to build in restoration time. And if you're married, then the spouse has to carry some of that weight. You know, they they can't have you be parent 100% while they're working 100%. Like there has to be time for restoration. And if you're single, you still have to find ways to get that restoration um, because otherwise you will burn out. You're at your most vulnerable to chaos when you are weary, wiped out, you haven't had any any chance to breathe. So restoration has to be a part of not your month or not your week, but your day, even if it's five minutes out on the back deck or on the patio or around the block. You have to find somewhere that you can breathe and restore with God. And that's what fills your tank in your heart. And that allows you to be a source of calm and peace in the middle of whatever chaos is going on. Yeah, that's so good. So Alan, I have loved talking with you today and I am so excited for our listeners to hear our conversation and tell us where we can learn more about you and about your books and your ministry and things like that. Sure. Well, so the book we're talking about today, Chaos Can't, is available on Amazon. It's one of three books that I've written And all of my books are in some way about how to pursue our dreams and our creativity and our desires actively and intimately with God. So all three books, The Story of With, Waves of Creativity, and Chaos Can't are on Amazon. And I also would just invite people to my website. It's with Allen, W-I-T-H-A-L-L-E-N.com. And one thing they can do, Lori, is sign up for a free daily reading that I offer. And it's just a couple of paragraphs because I know people are busy. So they get it by email Monday through Friday, a couple of paragraphs. You can read it in 30 seconds or a minute, but it's on how do we pursue the things that bring us life, our creativity, our dreams actively with God. And I'd love for listeners just to try that. I think it will be one of those ways they can restore each day. It's just a reminder of who they are and, and what this journey is for them and how they can have God every step of the way. I will have links in the show notes for your website and your books, and then also a link to, to where they can sign up for that free daily reading. So thank you for offering that to our listeners. Well, thanks so much. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you, and we really appreciate you coming on the show today, Alan. Thank you. I enjoyed it, Lori. 
I hope you were encouraged by my interview with Alan Arnold. I know that I was certainly encouraged by what he had to say. And I just wanted to let you guys know that next week in our next episode of Redeeming the Chaos, I will be interviewing David Thomas. And those of you who have been listening for a little while know he is the author of Wild Things and he has a new book that just came out this past year called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. So be sure to join us next week because I know you're going to love that interview as well. Well, thank you so much for joining me for episode 55 of Redeeming the Chaos. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources that will help you raise courageous boys, go to redeemingthechaos.com. And you can find the show notes for today's episode at lauriechristine.com slash 55.